Hi, this is Dora, proud patron from the Northeast Coast of the United States. And this is Demons Discuss, take 58, the one with the secret castle tour. Welcome to Demons Discuss and the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello! Hello! Hello, everybody! And what are we talking about today, Angela? We are talking about Shadow of Night, Chapter 32. 32! Question mark. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Very good. Good guess. Thank you. <laughs> and what's in Chapter 32? The book, A Unicorn, A Surprise Ending. Ooh, yeah. surprises. Surprises. Yay. <laughs> I like this chapter. I really did. I just listened to it today and I thought this is probably a chapter I was just like, oh, that was okay the first time around. But I really, I don't know, for whatever reason, I really liked it this time. I did too. There's a lot of little things in it. Yes. Because it's nothing terrible in this chapter. Like we're kind of sandwiched into between two kind of heavy chapters. Yes. 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 So this is kind of a little break. It's a good like holding that. pattern chapter. Whew. So we're about to enter that holding pattern. Mm-hmm. And it's got a lot of information in it without it feeling like an info dump. Very true. Well, I guess this is where I'm going to tell you about our Patreon. Are you guys listening? Yeah. Let's be frank. We have a Patreon because we've chosen a rather expensive hobby. I mean, if we're being frank, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, between microphones, mixer software, uh, my sound machine. Yay. Uh, <laughs> it, it just adds up. <laughs> And that's not mentioning the basics, web hosting, media hosting, cloud storage. You get it. It just costs money. So when it came down to it, we had a choice. Start populating our podcast with ads or go to our most dedicated and loyal followers to help pitch in. We decided to go for the latter. And Gene, tell us more reasons why people should become patrons. Reasons to become patrons are, are many and varied. You get a second dose of demons on the off weeks, our after show, which is a melange of everything going on in our lives and the fandom things mm. that pique our interest uh mm-hmm. just nonsense like a barbie doll girl with boobs yeah, yeah that yeah, yeah. The, the, the barbie doll with the boobs um yeah. the, the creepy baby doll which we're yeah talking about. and us carrying on from whatever's going on in the episode we just recorded mm-hmm. but but there's more. oh no there's, there's more. always more we have a lot of exclusive swag uh, you get merchandise depending upon the level at which you support us, including awesome tote bags, stickers, bookmarks, magnets, whatever Val dreams up in her feverish little brain. Uh, <laughs> exclusive versions to purchase. Yay. Right now we've got an exclusive colored tote bag that's available to existing patrons that will not be offered to the general public at any time soon. We have Demon Roulette. An exclusive contest just for patrons. Remind every quarter. me, we have to do that this this after show. Okay, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Yes. <laughs> Go on, Gene. We'll have an announcement for a winner in our after show that will follow this. Yay! And we're looking to do more in the future, perhaps even exclusive patron events at cons. You never know. You mm-hmm. just have to join in and find out. That's the next goal anyway. We want to do a real event. Ooh. Ooh, with the microphone <laughs> so you can actually hear us. Yes. So so Valerie doesn't lose her voice. Yeah, and, and our uh, true and final goal is drink tickets. <laughs> Drink tickets. Oh, my God. Would that? Oh, could you imagine? Oh, <laughs> wonderful. So if you guys are interested in joining, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. That's it for that. Let's get into the discussory email discussion, shall we, people? Let's, shall we? let's do it. Let's, let's do that. Okay. Uh, we don't have discussory emails this time because <laughs> Valerie was busy. <laughs> all those baby pilots are just like wearing you out. They're beating me up. Valerie was busy, so I will do better with that. And You're those really are keeping America continue. safe, though. I know. <laughs> don't you guys care about America? Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> in all seriousness, though, when I do send out discusser emails, we get an influx and yours may not be read if you send something in. And what happens then is it gets put in the queue for housekeeping later on in another episode. So we hope you guys can understand that if you send in a discusser email, it might not get read the next episode because when we started this, we had what? A listener, two, three. You're right. <laughs> very, um, very loyal, very loyal uh, email writers. Uh, yes. Now we're just getting a lot of response and we're trying to be fair and give everybody a chance to be heard. Yes. So it's not you guys, it's us. Yeah. Please. And it's not to discourage from writing in. Write in, please, still. Yes. Um, yes. But there it is will a, make it on the air sooner or later. Yes. There's a method yes. to the madness. Definitely. I mean, uh, a few episodes back, I had to play Lauren's. Uh, speak pipes back to back to back to back because we had so many discusser emails it never even occurred to me to check our voicemail box and there were a whole bunch of stuff sitting there i mean these are good problems to have if you're us that means you guys are engaged and you're listening and thinking and thinking yes so from now on what it is when i send out a discusser email and i get the responses back we are going to go through and choose three so we each read one and everything else will get put in a queue for housekeeping later on and we do eventually get to all of them so key part it's not you guys it's us we're not breaking up no. <laughs> is that the end <laughs> uh, that was pathetic anyway. I liked it it's cute yes. so that's what's happening with uh, <laughs> I just discuss her emails <laughs> I want to break up no, <laughs> uh, no. just no no. <laughs> no we're not breaking up don't we're not ignore breaking up. Dan don't ignore me don't ignore me <laughs> oh god <laughs> Dan Ooh. <laughs> I blame that damn doll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start the wagon here. This chapter discussion is brought to you by Sarah McCatherine. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Excellent. So when we left off in Chapter 31, Matthew, Diana, and Gail West and Pierre were fleeing Rudolph's castle after having an encounter with a damn book filled with death. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Scary stuff. And we open up chapter 32 with Diana wondering, who the fuck would make this damn book? And we're wondering the same damn yep. thing. I think we're still wondering the same damn thing. <laughs> damn it, Deb, give us an answer. <laughs> so uh, when you guys open up this chapter, think back, first read, first read. Okay. What were your thoughts of who would make a thing? This is before we even knew there was a book of life. We knew there was one coming, but we we hadn't read it yet and so many things. So did you think that maybe we would get an answer on who yes. made this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I was Me having too. very bad malicious thoughts about it too. Oh, share. When I first read this chapter, it was very, I had this very malevolent kind of feel because, you know, especially when you think about vampires, yeah. the only way a vampire would end up in that book is as a murder victim. Yeah. I was going to say it's very Ed Geene. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, mm. witches, witches and demons, you could argue, well, maybe it was just like natural causes, but and a vampire, there's no such thing as natural causes. So then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, these people were all murdered. Yeah. It's yeah. not anything that you would associate with reverence. I mean, even yeah. if they died of natural causes, you don't take someone's skin and make a book out of it. It's like, no, don't bury them yet. I have to take some samples. <laughs> right. So many la- layers of malevolence to it that it was like, I was yes. super creeped out immediately. And I fed off of their reaction to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because when she's like, who would make such a thing? And mm-hmm. then she's like, it's gruesome. And yeah. I'm like, whoa. An yeah. asshole would make such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not to spoil it, but spoiler alert. Remember when Amira in book three was talking about the mom and she she was like empathizing with whoever she was feeling in the page that they had just gotten. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, OK, so tell me more. Tell me more. And we never got it. So <laughs> yeah. sorry for the spoiler if you haven't gotten that far. I mean, so there, there's murder and fear and there's not a lot of positive things coming off that book no. as this chapter opens at all. It's like, it's kind of like, are you sure you want to take this with you? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. 
That's not something I'd want in my possession, to be honest with you. And here's another thing. Right here is where I learned there is such a thing. I had no idea. Right. Of the value. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. I had no yes. idea. You know, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, they made paper back then. Why not? Right. Trees, <laughs> paper, <laughs> Boom. wood pulp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and speaking of which, did you guys ever make paper in art class in school? Yes. That was nasty. Like, oh, yeah. With the wood pulp. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, for the longest time, I was like, okay, you, you, you grind this up wood. This is how they did it. This is mm-hmm. how they do it. Wooden rag. And that's that. That's what I was thinking. I never knew it was made from animal hide. I think later on in our discussion adventures, we found out there are such books made of human hide. Yes, yes. Yeah, human flat, yeah, skin. Uh, in fact, I think Harvard has one, doesn't it? Was it Harvard or Yale had one? I don't I know. I remember. I think Yale. I, I, I think it was Yale. Oh. Um, you know how we always say you don't want to know how the sausage is made. You don't want to know how the paper is made, but <laughs> that never caught <laughs> on. <laughs> that never yeah. caught on. But, but it's far gr- more gross. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and, it, uh, and I always had a hard time wrapping my head around it because it's like, okay, you've got shoes are made of leather, which are animal skin. Mm-hmm. And leather is always thick. Cute, right? you know, yes. Tanned leather is always thick. And it's like, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that vellum was so thin comparatively, which was an, right. another reason I always had a hard time put, wrapping my head around that idea for the longest time. Right. Okay, let's go into uh, her explanation of it. This is like most manuscripts, Ashmole 782 was made of vellum, specially prepared skin that had been soaked in lime to remove the hair, scraped to take away the subcutaneous, subcutaneous, layers, subcutaneous thank you, mm-hmm. layers of flesh and fat, and then soaked again before being stretched on a frame and scrapes more. So maybe that explains the uh, thinness. Ah, mm-hmm. yes. Yes. I love so. when Deb puts these little mini lessons in too. I know. Okay, so she goes on. The difference here was that the creatures used to make the villain were not sheep, calves, goat, but demons, vampires, and witches. And that's what it's like. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and Matthew's trying to kind of come to terms with this. He's like, uh, it must have been kept as a record. Diana's like, but it has hundreds of pages, dude. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh. And the word flay is just one of those words that oh. evokes images that are not pleasant. Yeah. Not at all. So next time we talk about, you know, voodooing somebody, I'm going to flay your little doll. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes, that conversation did happen before we turned on the mics. Yes, it did. Oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> here goes Matthew. Matthew's like, which means the book contains hundreds of distinct pieces of DNA. And then Matthew had run his fingers through his hair so many times that he was starting to resemble a porcupine. Yeah. It just made me laugh. <laughs> yes. I know. And we better get that visual. I will. We'll go on strike if we don't. <laughs> there goes Gene marching in front of the building on yes, strike. But we discussed this. That his hair, all, all signs of filming show that his hair is very short. Yeah. Yeah, but still, even the porcupine look, I, I get, we might not get, but we've got to get the gesture. Yes, yes, the, gesture. the tell for sure. For sure. Yes. So Diana says here, the threats twisting between us and Ashmole 782 look like double helices. Gal glass is just stumped at this I point. I know, it's so cute <laughs> though. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> He's like, so DNA is like a family tree, but its branches cover more than one family, which I thought was pretty good for somebody yeah. who lived back then. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're getting a gal glass, you got it. Yeah. And then Matthew said, yes, that's about it. Matthew and Diana are talking still about this book. Did you see the tree on the first page? And the trunk was made of bodies and the tree was flowering and fruiting and leafing just like the Arbor Diane made in Mary's laboratory. And Matthew's like, no, but I saw the creature with its tail in its mouth. They're talking about, well, uh, the picture showed two creatures fighting or embracing. They couldn't tell. <laughs> fighting, fucking, you know, it's all real close together. <laughs> it's kind of, it's passion, man. It's passion. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> He said one of them was not a four-legged dragon, but a snake. And one was a two-legged fire drake. Then those alchemical dragons could assemble you and me. And they're all just talking through it. And Galaglass is listening and he's like, so this DNA though. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's back up the bus to this DNA stuff again. Right. Fuck the pictures. This DNA. It lives in our skin. Matthew's patiently explaining it to him. Not just in your skin, but your blood and bones and hair and nails. It's throughout your entire body. And Galaglass is like, huh. Oh. <laughs> like, okay. 
So Gal Glass goes, and what question is it that you have in mind exactly when you say this book might have all the answers? And Matthew says, why we're different than humans and why a witch like Diana might carry a where's child. Like he thinks he's spilling some kind of big secret here. And this is what right. kills me. Yeah. Gal Glass is like, oh, I knew you, <laughs> I knew you guys could do that the whole, the whole time. <laughs> Everybody knew. Frank Wozniak. Isabel We all knew you were pregnant. I mean, we were having meetings. What? Right. <laughs> yeah, there was there was like a medieval chat box going on off to the side you guys were invited to. <laughs> Diana's like, few people knew. And Galgas is like, Hancock did, so did Francoise and Pierre. <laughs> Hancock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure she's like a fuck fan- Hancock knew? What the hell? Yeah. And he's like, My guess is Philippe was told all about it too. So <laughs> I don't know who you think you were fooling. Like oh, saying whatever. saying did Philippe know. That's like a useless question. I, I know. Mean, why would you ever say that? Mm. He knew. Come on. <laughs> so Gal Glass goes, I'll just go fetch Auntie's book then. If it has to do with the, the Claremont babes, we must have it. I like that. And uh, Matthew's like, well, Rudolph will have it locked up tight or tucked into bed with him. Oh, no, that's a, that's almost a worse visual than <laughs> the book being We're, made of. The, I, just picture him like, I just picture him hugging it and sucking his thumb like, yeah, like a teddy bear. <laughs> oh, God. Matthew goes on to say it's not going to be easy to take it from the palace, especially not if they found Pistorius and he's out casting spells and making mischief. Galglass comes back and says, speaking of Emperor Rudolph, can we get that necklace off of Auntie's shoulders? I hate that bloody insignia. Diana's like, gladly. And she takes the chain and tosses it on the table. And she goes, what exactly does the Order of the Defeated Dragon have to do with the Declaremonts? I assume that they must not be friends with the Knights of Lazarus, given the fact that the poor Ouroboros has been partially skinned and strangling itself. And Matthew, as usual, keeping it simple, stupid, right? <laughs> but we're like, um, how about a little more but he says ah they hate us and then wish us dead i'm like seriously yeah we kind of got we we got that let's yeah how about expound (laughs) on that a little more let's spool this out a little bit more matthew and so he goes on he says the draculesti disapprove of my father's broad-minded views on islam and the ottomans and have vowed to bring us all down that way they can fulfill their political aspirations unchecked isn't that the way it always works Mm -hmm. though yeah, it was it was that whole Hungarian Transylvanian corridor there who not only wanted to beat back the Turk, the Ottomans, they wanted to take over their territory as well. They were very expansionist and bloodthirsty, you know? and they called that Vlad the Impaler for a reason. Exactly. So Galglas says, and they wanted to Claremont money. Diana's like the Draculesti, and she's thinking about the human myth, and she's like, wait, Dracula is a human myth, one meant to spread fear about vampires. Galglas says that would come as some surprise to the patriarch of the clan, Vlad the Dragon, though he would be pleased to know that he will go on terrifying people. It's like, yeah, he liked that part. Matthew explains, he's like, the human's Dracula, the dragon's son, known as the Impaler, was only one of Vlad's brood. <laughs> Calglass fills in the details. The Impaler was a nasty bastard. Happily, he's dead now. And all we have to worry about is his fathers, his brothers, and their <laughs> Bathory allies. And Galglass looked somewhat cheered. And he's like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Got one out of the way. People just keep overlooking just how bloodthirsty Gallo Glass is. <laughs> He's not a little teddy bear. He, <laughs> and I love it when he gets like, honestly, this is some of my favorite parts of Gallo Glass is when he just gets like, yeah, let's go kill some people. I mean, when you, when you call someone a mercenary, it's never in a good way. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No. Gallo Glass is a definite merc. He's, he's out there, yeah. man. <sighs> Okay, so um, Diana asks, according to human accounts, Dracula lived on for centuries. He may still be living. Are you sure he's really dead? (laughs) I love this so much. (laughs) And Galaga says, I watched Baldwin rip his head off and bury it 30 miles away from the rest of his body. He was really dead then, and he's really dead now. You should know better than to believe these human stories, auntie. They never get more than a speck of truth in them. (laughs) 
Diana's saying, I think Benjamin had one of these dragon emblems. Her Maisel gave it to him. I noticed the similarity in colors when the emperor first held it out. And Matthew, he's having a little side conversation with Galglass. He's like, you told me Benjamin left Hungary. And then Galglass is like, he did. I swear he did. Baldwin ordered him to leave or face the same fate as the Impaler. You should have seen Baldwin's face. The devil himself wouldn't have disobeyed your brother. And then Matthew's like, I want us all as far away from Prague as possible by the time the sun rises. Something is very wrong. I can smell it. I'm like, you didn't smell that like three chapters ago? Yeah, right. like, Hello? <laughs> Hello? Uh, and then Galglass brings up the fact that it is Walpurgis not, and it might not be such a good idea to be traveling tonight. You know, they're lighting up bonfires all over the city and burning effigies of witches, unless they can find a real one, of course. And he's kind of looking yeah. at Diana like, come on now, we can't. Which is, Walpurgis night is like the Christian twist on the old Beltane fires, mm-hmm. which is kind of disturbing. It's like, okay, yeah, let's burn a woman on an old fertility feast. Good idea. Yay! Yay! Now a- we sound like Gal- glass yay thank you patriarchy <laughs> brilliant idea oh gosh so matthew full of words right here just says christ <laughs> See? i can't get away from it ever since that christ marcus oh yeah just, yeah i just I hear it like that see he normally says dieu with you know in french but that doesn't have the same pizzazz as christ as christ because yeah, yeah. you can't like grind it between your teeth like dieu. right yeah. and have that hard t at the end yeah. christ <laughs> Dew's too round and soft and French. And no, French. not French, just gentle. I mean, that's that's the first thing we learn in French class is that they don't like any hard sounding. No, um, everything is very soft. Yes. Mm-hmm. Soft muted. And if it's hard, you mute it. So he reasons, he's like, at least the fires will provide some distraction. We have to figure out how to circumvent Rudolph's guards, get into his private chambers, find the book. Then fires or no fires, we're getting the hell out of the city. And then Galgas is like, where, where's Matthew? If anyone can steal it, we can. And Matthew's like, it's not going to be as easy as you think. We may get in, but how will we get out? And then Jack comes around the corner and he's like, I can help Master Royden. I'm like, Jack! I know. Oh! Matthew turns around and he looked at him and he's like, no, Jack, you aren't to steal anything, remember? Besides, you've only been to the palace stables. You wouldn't have any idea where to look. And then Galaglass is like, uh. Mm. This is a good, this is so good. The scene is just so great. Uh, no. Mm. Actually, goes, yeah. <laughs> we need to see the feet shuffling and the yeah. sideways glance. Like, we what? probably need to talk about this. Yeah. Well. Like when he when he picks the when he picks the candle wax in the Book of Life in the beginning. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's like, well, that's not strictly true, and he looked uncomfortable. <laughs> He explains, I took him to the cathedral and the great hall to see the cartoons you once drew on the wall in the night staircase. And he's been to the kitchen. And then as an afterthought, Jack went to the menagerie, too, of course. It would have been cruel not to let him see the animals. Very cruel. I mean, come on. You have to let the baby see the animals. He wants to see he wants to see the pets. And then Pierre kind of chimes in here, too. He's been to the castle with me as well. Pierre said from the doorway, I didn't want him to go adventuring out one day and get lost. It's my Pierre. It's preventative maintenance. He's thinking I know, ahead. I know. He's thinking ahead. <laughs> Matthew is getting riled up at this point. Because it's like, oh, Jesus, it's my household and I got no fucking control over it. He's got no control at all. Dude. And people have their own when secrets. You, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, you're just now figuring this out. Man, marriage has <laughs> no. not made you smart at all. <laughs> so Matthew's tone was icy. Shh, icy. And just where did you take him, Pierre? The throne room, so he can jump up and down on the royal seat. And then Pierre says, no, my lord. I took him to the blacksmith shop to meet Master Hofnagel. And then he drew himself up to his full, relatively diminutive height and stared his employer down. I thought he should show his drawings to someone with real skill in these matters. Master Hofnagel was most impressed and drew a pen and ink portrait of him on the spot for a reward. And then... (laughs) Jack kind of tells on Pierre a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's 
says in a small voice, Pierre also took me to the guards chamber. That's where I got fees. And all of a sudden, <laughs> yay. These, yay. Yay. These keys. <laughs> oh, key my God. Oh. Could you mean imagine being that child's parent? Oh, what my the God. Fuck? It's like, okay, you're going to they're going to take you away from me. <laughs> They're going to take you to child services because I, I can't watch you. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. God. He goes, that's where I got these. And he held up the ring of keys. I only wanted to see the unicorn for I couldn't imagine how a unicorn climbed the stairs and thought they must have wings. The master Galaglass showed me the night staircase. I liked your drawing on the running deer very much, Master Royden. The guards were talking, but I couldn't understand everything. The word Einhorn stuck out and I thought maybe they knew where I was. And and then Matthew just stopped it right there. He took Jack by the shoulders and crouched down so their eyes met. Do you know what they could have done to you if they caught you. And Matthew was looking fearful at this point. Jack nodded. And then he goes, and seeing a unicorn was worth being beaten. And Jack's like, well, I've been beaten before, but I've never seen a magical beast. Except for the lion in the Emperor's Menagerie. <laughs> oh, and Mr. <laughs> Mistress Royden's Dragon, too. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and so, Matthew's like, he's getting full reign of what he, like- he didn't know. I mean, Matthew has been out and about all around town. He doesn't even know what's going on in his own house, but that's fine. The wheels are just like spinning off in all directions at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Matthew. He's such a hot mess. I know. We love him. So Matthew goes, oh, you've seen that too. Prague has been an eye-opening experience for all concerned then. He stood up and held his hand. Give me the keys. And Jack did so reluctantly. Matthew bowed to the boy and said, I am in your debt, Jack. And then Jack was like, but I was bad. What? (laughs) And then Matthew says, I'm bad all the time. Sometimes good comes of it. And then he's like, but no one beats you. And and Diana chimes in. She's like, Matthew's father beat him with a sword once. I saw it. And then Jack goes off. He's all, hurrah, he must be as big as as the emperor's (laughs) bare sixtus. Matthew's like, he is. Back to bed now. But I'm nimble and I'm quick, Jack protested. I can get Mistress Royden's book back without anyone seeing me. Matthew promised. So can I, Jack. So, uh, yeah, Matthew and Galaglass apparently ran out and got the book covered with blood. <laughs> they were covered with blood, dirt, and soot. And they had Ashmole 782. I don't even want to know. I really wish I would have seen that scene. That would have been quite the action scene. You, you know, Galaglass has a quota. He's got to <laughs> knock over, you know. So he's like, oh, man, I only got four guys. I only knocked four guys I out. I need only five. four kills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a low body count there. <laughs> Damn. I can do better next time. Do better. <laughs> Do better, Galaglass. Yes. Diana's like, you got it. And Annie and her were waiting on the first floor. They had all the bags packed. They were getting ready to go. And Matthew opened the cover. The first three pages are gone. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, no. We're back to square one. I know. (laughs) At least they got a glimpse of them. At least there's that. The book that had been whole just a few hours before was now broken. The text racing along the page. I planned on running my fingers over the letters and symbols once it was in our possession to determine its meaning. Now that was impossible. As soon as my fingertips touched the page, the words skittered around in every direction. Matthew says, we found Kelly with a book. who's bent over it and crooning like a madman. The book was talking back, though. <laughs> so, yeah. And then Galaglass is like, he tells you true, Auntie. I heard the words, though I couldn't wow. make them out. So, And then yeah. Diana's like, huh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> she should have, at least. <laughs> I know. She goes, so the book is really alive. And then Galaglass is like, really dead, too. It's, <laughs> it's an evil thing as well as a powerful the, one. Oh, God. I love Shadow the of glass the Yellow ha- Glass. The glass so is much. half full. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not really. <laughs> so when Kelly spotted us, he screamed at the top of his lungs and started ripping pages from the book. Before I could reach him, the guards were there. I had to choose between the book and Kelly. Matthew hesitated. Did I do the right thing? Diana's like, yeah, I think so. When I found the book in England, it was broken and it may be easier to find the fugitive pages in the future. Matthew says, provided the pages weren't destroyed. If that's the case, Diana says, then we'll never know all the book's secrets. Even your modern laboratory might reveal more about what's left than we imagined when we set out on this quest. So Matthew says, are you ready to go back? Diana says, it's time. 
So here they are. They're fleeing Prague by the light of the bonfires. Thank God. Yeah. Let's get the fuck yeah. out of here. Well, I'm ready. Well, what, what's even worse is a bonfire is the corruption of what they were originally bone fires. Yes. They burned bones. Of God knows what. Just another creeptastic layer on that visual. Yeah, exactly. You know, hey, to go on with our Count Chocula theme, if we're well, going to go dark. Yeah, if we're going to go dark. <laughs> and isn't, there's also a mention there about uh, them actually burning a young witch a couple of years back about the time good old Gerbert was visiting. Yeah. Pleasant all the way around. Right. Didn't didn't Edward Kelly say he got to light the fire? Yeah. Gerber or chose did. the witch. Ugh. Or chose the witch. One of the two. Nowadays, while Pergasnacht is a drinking festival kind of like American St. Patrick's Day. Yay! As Gal Glass would say. <laughs> More beer, please. Uh, so the frigid waters of the North Sea were just navigable, and the spring thaw had broken up the ice in the harbors. Boats were leaving the ports for England, and we were able to catch one without delay. Even so, the weather was stormy when we pulled away from the European shore. So... In the cabin, Matthew had noticed that the book was sewn together by a whole bunch of hair, too. So, I mean, this whole thing, they went farm to table with this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes to waste. Nose we'll use the hair. to tail. It's nose to tail. No. <laughs> right. Part wasted. And the blood. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they were saying ground bone to make the glue. Right. And at one point, he touched the tip of his pinky to t- his tongue and a knee. And he's like tasting it. Yeah. And was, oh, Ew, Matthew. Matthew comes back says, just as I thought, the ink contains blood. And if that's the case, my guess is that the gold and silver leaf on these illustrations are applied to a glue base made from bones. Creature bones. Yay. (laughs) The boat lurched leeward and my stomach went along with it. This is Diana. When I was through being sick, Matthew held me in his arms. The book lay between us slightly open and the lines of text searching to find their place in the order of things. Diana's wondering, what have we done? And Matthew said, we found the tree of life and the book of life all wrapped in one. Diana says, when Peter Knox told me the book held all the witch's original spells, I told him that he was mad. I couldn't imagine anyone being so foolish to put so much knowledge in one place. But this book contains so much more, and we still don't know what the words say. If this were to fall into the wrong hands in our own time, and Matthew's like, it could be used to destroy us all. They want to know, what are we going to do with this then? Take it back or, you know, leave it here? And then Matthew's like, I don't know, Moncore, but this book may well hold the key to all your questions. I have a thought. Mm. I know it's always dangerous. Peter Knox is right. It's all, it's the book of all the witches' original spells because it, it's the bodies of all the original weavers. Where did spells originate from? Weavers invented the spells for witches. Wow. So do you think in that book, would it be blood rage vampires in there? Possibly. And I think there's origin DNA in there. And I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I went, I spooled out working on the chapter one for the real time read with the scrying. Remember uh-huh. how we've always been all bogged out on the weird creatures and just what they yes. were? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I started looking into scrying. You can scry into the past as well. And the more I thought about it, those creatures seem like the myth- mythological creatures from the bestiaries and, and right. like Apollo and, and whatnot. And it's like, well, what if the line that Rebecca and the bishops are originate from is Medea and Circe. Huh. Because they're the original witches of Greek mythology. Medea's a niece of Circe. And Circe was captivated too because she was basically exiled to her island. Okay. And held captive and sort of contained there. I mean, when you start spooling all the way back hmm. and that whole comment about, well, the witches think it's the original spells. Well, yeah, it is. If it's the original weavers. Yeah. Maybe that's why they wanted it so bad mm-hmm. because they were losing magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somehow thought they could infuse the, t- oh, there you go. Gen- <laughs> genetic therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Do gene therapy on existing witches with the DNA preserved in that book. Although I don't know that Peter's that smart. Yeah, I thought maybe he thought he could suss something out via magic. Yeah, but I think think it's even that book is even more dangerous if you start looking at it in terms of the science. This is a tangent. Sorry, guys, I'm going to ditch drive for a minute, but I was having this this thought as far as... And this came up reading something in the financial news. What if 
one of Baldwin's private equity acquisitions was something like 23andMe. Would you imagine <laughs> that, though? About how you could find all kinds of creatures and demons and folks have hiding. have a database of it, too. Yeah, right. Planes, there you go. Because, okay, now... At least you'd now be able that, to suss out demons. Now that else. we're in this stitch, okay? Yeah. I told you a couple of years ago that Devin went and had her 23andMe done. Right. Yeah. What 23andMe does, they go out through their database and say, you're related to this person, oh, this yeah. person, oh, yeah, this yeah. person, this person, this person. And while we were in Maine, she had gotten an alert saying, hey, you're related to this person. And the last name was Lint. Now, my mother-in-law's <laughs> maiden last name was Lint. Lint, like the belly button Lint. Yeah. Okay, we can make jokes later. <laughs> no. But whatever. Um, yeah, and Devin looked her up on Facebook, and sure enough, she looked like just like that side of the family. Wow. Like Devin looks like my husband. Yeah. My husband and and he looks like his sister. His sister's daughter looks yeah. like Devin and, and Brooke. They look very, very similar, except one's white and one's dark. Do you know what I mean? Right. So oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was creepy. Oh. And she's like, I never w- met this woman in my life. And the craziest thing is this woman lives 50 miles away from us here in oh, Washington. Wow. Yeah. Wow. See, yeah. And now it gets even better because is law enforcement is sending in uh, DNA samples and trying to backtrack criminals through matches they get to biological family. I don't know if I like that, though. Well, they found, you know? one, they found one, the Golden State serial killer that way, and there's been a couple other that yeah. they found, which really kind of disturbs me, and it's like, well, you know what? But, well, I mean, it's they're using it for good now, but yeah. imagine what you could use that for. Mm-hmm. It's Finding scary. demons. <laughs> <laughs> I already imagined. Uh, all right, so so Deb, you can borrow that idea for a book if you want. <laughs> I kind of like it. Hey guys, the tow truck's here. <laughs> Let's Hi, save Steven. the man. <laughs> here you go, Stephen. Oh, so let's go back. It said, but this book may well hold the key to all of your questions. And she was surprised that Matthew could part with it. And then he says, not all. There's only one that you can answer. And she's like, what's that? Hmm. Are you seasick or are you with child? Oh, my gosh. Wouldn't that be creepy, though, if your husband told you you're pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. <laughs> He would know before you. That's that's a little creepy. I don't know. Well, yeah, on uh, May Day. Yeah. I mean, the, the dates again. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very magical. Whew. So she goes, you would know better than I. Matthew says, I didn't see the child in your blood or hear its heart. Not yet. It's in the change of your scent that I noticed. I remembered it from last time. You can't be more than a few weeks. Yeah, we know when it happened, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> And then Diana says, I would have thought my being pregnant would make you more eager than ever to keep the book with you. And then Matthew says, maybe my questions don't need answers as urgently as I thought they did. Then she says, to prove his point, Matthew put the book down on the floor out of sight. And then he said, I thought it would tell me who I am and why I'm here. Perhaps I already know. After all my searching, I discover that I am who I always was. Matthew de Claremont, husband, father, vampire. And I'm here for only one reason, to make a difference. And that's it. Woo. It's a good chapter, though. Yeah, it was a good chapter. Any thoughts or things or I blurted comments? mine all out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they were good, though. They were good. Angela, you have no. anything with mm-hmm. this? Just saw the chapter for what it was. Yep. Yeah. I think this is one of my favorite lines right here. After all my searching. Mm-hmm. I discover who I always was. And then it just made me think, okay, so you're going to calm down now? You're going to chill out? No, because he wants to make a difference. Now he's got the extra pressure. (laughs) He's going to be extra, extra. Yes. (laughs) All right, guys, going once, going twice. Anything? Sold. 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 All right. Let's go on to housekeeping. Housekeeping this time is brought to you by Becca Vork. Thank you, Becca. Thank you. And what we have for housekeeping is an extra long email that we got from our vampire down under, Chloe. And we're going to break it up into three parts. 
So we can each read a portion of it. Okay. So Angela, you got the first part. Yes. She starts by saying, desire urges me as fear bridles me. When I cracked open my book to review the latest chapter, well, there's a lot to say for this one. I have tried to keep this coherent. I hope you'll bear with me. The Black Plague, which ended in 1350, was blamed upon the Jews in Europe. Much like what Edward Kelly wanted to do to Diana, many were burnt at the stake to try to ward off diseases that was seen as a plague from God. Fleeing persecution, the Jews fled to the one country they were safe, Poland. I have not put this in randomly. Wherever Matthew and Diana go, they and their kind are persecuted for being different, and they do not have anywhere safe where they will be tolerated. My take on this chapter might seem a little strange. I'm a history student for two years now. I've been studying the Second World War at university. This chapter is almost like a warning for what is going to happen in Europe when tolerance runs out. Jean. No, Matthew, you tolerate me because you think one day I'll beat my magic into submission. Rabbi Lowe warned me that tolerance can be withdrawn and then you're out in the cold. The civilian population of Germany and Europe were swept up in a wave of hatred that led into old fears and prejudices that had been building under the surface for years, casting those who were different than the other as the other and someone to be hate feared. The line about tolerance only lasts so long before you are out in the cold brought my research back to me in a vivid light. There's plenty of World War II symbolism in the chapter. I was struck by Rabbi Lowe showing Diana the symbol he must wear to signify that he is Jewish, not unlike the Star of David that the Nazis imposed some 300 years later. This chapter brings to light the cracks evolving in Matthew and Diana's marriage. Matthew cannot stand that she does not need him, that she does not have the same possessive instinct as a vampire. With her independence comes Matthew's panic because he is untrusting of himself and has not taken from Diana's heart vein. He can never completely trust her. This comes to a head with his desperate attempt to reclaim his wife and his marriage, but does nothing to alleviate the tension. It's my turn. Fear and intolerance were what started the Holocaust. The themes of that time run through this chapter. Though the Jews in Prague have homes and lives, they're mistrusted and seen as the enemy. On a more personal level, Matthew loves Diana, but the wolf inside is no longer trusting or tolerant, and it's bubbling over into hate. We also meet Benjamin, which added another layer of symbolism to the chapter. When I first read this, I didn't pay him much mind, but reading it again, it brought to light that he was always watching Matthew and Diana. I hope my email made some sort of sense. These books always bring my research back to me in vivid ways. These were meant to be my detox after studying. Nazism. You can see how well that went. I can't wait to hear your take on this chapter. Love you as always. Your vampire down under, Chloe. And there's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> I, I think she's nailed it in most parts. Um, I don't think Matthew ever got to the point of hating Diana, but he mis- he was getting to the point of mistrusting her. Right. And that's how all of this starts. And Diana was right to point out that, you know, tolerance is only temporary and you, you can't just tolerate me. Tolerance you have to be is able a road to-, to acceptance. Tolerance is not a destination. Exactly. So that was it. Thank you, yep. Chloe. Thank, Thank you, you so you. much. All right. Next thing. Save it for the show. You guys ready for this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Shaq in the GIF. <laughs> Doing the little jiggy dance. I'm going to yeah, have to put that in the show notes. The raised eye, eye, eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, Save for the Show, is sponsored by Wendy Taylor. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. All right, this episode, save for the show. The topic is Philippe. Go. Papa Philippe. <laughs> lead us in it. Oh, okay. I'm going to lead us lead us with the whole, man, we couldn't have asked for a better Philippe in the show. And it's not because he's on the wine show with Matt. Good. Okay. Please explain it to me as someone who is not familiar with his work. Well. How's that? I'm a perfect audience member for you're you. You're a perfect audience member for for this. Uh, here's yes. the thing with James Purfoy. He's an excellent actor. He's mm-hmm. got a great range. He can go from charismatically malevolent to just hilarious. And it's entirely believable that you can en- encompass the whole thing in one character. And the character that comes to mind for me that he was so amazing as was Joe Carroll in the following, who was a college literature professor who also happened to raise up a cult of serial killer because of his his charisma. Oh, okay. He was very hypnotic. He did an amazing American accent and got away with it. 
Wow. Okay. I mean, so the man does accents well. He had a great rapport with the cat and mouse that went on in that show with Kevin Bacon. Really, really good. Now, um, I saw that when I was looking up on the IMDb that he did work with Kevin because, you know, I was updating the TV page, yeah, six right? Degrees of Kevin and Bacon. I was like, I was like, Kevin Bacon, what are you doing here? Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Six degrees. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Kevin Bacon uh, played the protagonist in the show and James Purfoy was the, an- well, the Antichrist mostly, but the antagonist in the <laughs> The show also Rome he played Mark Anthony in Rome which is like mm-hmm. I can see that yeah. I mean visually just looking at his picture because that's all I got right now is this picture yeah yeah he played Mark yeah. and that's always a great character because he you know ranges from charismatic leader to like falling apart drunk well, um sidetracked by shiny objects with a great rack <laughs> <laughs> and we know he can wear period clothing. Right. Um, he's in another one called Altered Carbon that I'm just starting, which is kind of like a dystopian sci-fi deal, which is a little like The Matrix in that. Oh, I'm all about that. In that where you're, you're, you're being your soul, your ethos, your thoughts, the essence of you can be moved from body to body to body. Huh. And there's a crime solving element to it too, because they're trying also you trying to solve murders with the, minds of murder victims just just barely started in it were the bodies like are they hosts the bodies are hosts but some of the brains some of the the minds that they're hosting are the murder victims oh okay kind of thing (laughs) which is which is really kind of interesting and then i mean when you want to go for just sheer comedy he was in sex education as jillian anderson's ex-husband who was also a sex therapist oh okay <laughs> which was pretty funny he, he, that was just like a one or two episode show appearance which was, was hilarious but wasn't she married to didn't he have to go to like sex rehab speaking of which no that's david duchovny oh okay. yes that right, was david right. duchovny and uh taya leone okay but, okay yeah, okay i was kind of, mixing them up you got the connection there kind of yeah I, I i do and they were in the show together they weren't married it was no, taya leone, that was ta- was taya leone. okay although in this show uh jillian anderson did go platinum blonde so there is that <laughs> What was the last thing I saw her in? Uh, American God. She's really good in that. Yeah. She is supposed... Is she playing Margaret Thatcher in The Crown? Yes. Yes, yes she is. That's, yes. A, yes, that's mm-hmm. going to be amazing. Exciting. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Angela. <laughs> yes. I just know him from uh, James Purefoy from Rome, and that's all I needed to know. But I am actually going to get the following from uh, the library on Jean's recommendation because I really have to see him in that. I just feel it's going to like put another layer of my, my love for him or my fandom oh, for yeah. him. He's just... Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, I agree with you, Gene, that the wine show is not his actor reel. That's not, that's not what his, no, uh, no. it's not why he got the part of Philippe. It was from everything that Gene just mentioned previously. Um, in fact, I started watching the wine show of when Matthew Good was announced as Matthew Claremont, but I actually stayed for Matthew Reese and then I endured a little bit longer for James Purefoy because I'll let you know in a secret. I don't love Matthew Good on that show. I think he talks too much and I think a waiter told him that as well. <laughs> He talks too much, and it's kind of like, let Chances talk. She's the expert here, darling. Yes, Uh, yes. Yes, there's, there's sh- a little bit. We won't too, tell anybody. There's Angela. a little bit too much okay, schoolboy yeah. term going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fun and it's cheeky, and at some point, it's like, yeah, I want to hear what somebody with a palate has to say about this because I've had right, this one too. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one spoiler alert: I was so happy when James won. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> on, on the one. one picks. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. That's like one, won the part. See, <laughs> no, on the wine show, they have to, had to, every episode, they had a, a meal with a, a Michelin star chef. Go, they went out to wineries and whatever, and they had to pair a wine with a dish okay. or food. And it was up to Joe and Jancis and the chef to decide who matched it the best, who did the best food and wine pairing. And it got highly competitive. And our boy Matthew was hyper competitive about it. Perfoy, as he always liked to say, is like, I'm just a useful idiot. Totally saying well, that his he, way through. He, yes. And he'll say, I don't, he doesn't drink anything. Well, now he does. But back then he didn't drink anything other than white wine. That was his favorite anyways. He's like, yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he literally called himself the useful idiot. And I'm like, I yes. love this man. Yes. I love yeah. this. Yes. But that one challenge, it was Matthew Reese and Matthew Good that they had to be waiters in an Italian restaurant and or be the sommelier in, a, in an Italian restaurant. And they said, well, how do we do? And the the guy behind the 
scenes, it's like, you did good. You you talk too much. (laughs) 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 That clip is around somewhere. I don't know, but it's hilarious. Like, yes, thank you. I'm validated. Well, I'm very glad that it hasn't. I haven't seen any complaints about him in the um, on the interweb. So, uh, well, no. we haven't gotten an official picture yet. So, I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. Oh my god. No, I dread yeah. that so much because I'm going to go out and cut a bitch. <laughs> I am going to cut a bitch if it comes to that. Because yeah, no, I, I can't take the shallow anymore. Oh. They're going to they're excuse the heart of evil because Jacob Ifall is cute, but then you're going to bitch about a gifted actor playing an amazingly complex role because. He doesn't look like Brad Pitt. Right. Well, but he kind of does. I mean, for a 55 year old guy, it's. I, f- I found him appropriate for yes, it. Yes, I think actually. he's very appropriate for yeah, it. Yeah, listen, there's different levels of breathtaking at different ages. And yes, yeah. Brad Pitt and Troy was breathtaking. Even in Legend of the Fall, that's when I really thought he was breathtaking. Yeah. Um, but James Purefoy, when they slapped up that headshot, I'm like, works yeah. for me, breathtaking. Yeah, well, here's the other thing. And the whole thing about Brad Pitt, too, I think Brad Pitt, even now, he's really, really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't do that kind of period stuff anymore. He looks right. great no. in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. But a sixty a 60s vintage look is way different than carrying an Elizabethan period piece. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially <sighs> when you look at the extras that we're populating the show with. Brad's got enough work. He's fine. Oh, Brad's, no, Brad's, ha- Brad's happy transitioning into producer. To be honest with you, yeah. I just had an interview with him the other day. Why is that? Is that been a complaint over the interwebs, like Brad Pitt? Or no? no, they were talking. the The article was in the context of don't call it a resurgence of his career because oh. he's. They're thinking he is going to be double nominated this year for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the he's got a sci fi show movie coming out too called Av Something. I can't remember off the top of the, oh, top of okay. my head, but he's supposed to be really really good in that too. He's following in the footsteps of his mentor Robert Redford. Yeah. I can see that. Well, and and his pal, George Clooney. Yes, true. I'm happy with this chapter with Brad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It seems like he he shook loose the barnacle and things are getting better for him again. (laughs) The barnacle. (laughs) (laughs) Team Jen. (laughs) I was always Team Jen. (laughs) That makes two of us. That's why I love you. I mean, and actually, I loved Angelina Jolie before that whole saga. <laughs> like, I would go gay for her. That's how much I loved her. <laughs> but shh, guys, don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, so Philippe, good. We're happy. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm very happy. I'm, I'm very, very happy, and I, I know that it's it's gonna work. I mean, I have no doubt at all that the acting is going to be first rate and the characterization is going to be first rate. Yes, I buy yeah. it. I buy it. Yeah. Take my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> I can just see you making it rain. <laughs> yeah, you thought I was loud at the con this time. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. So, yeah, Philippe, good. We shouldn't be scared. Maybe we'll do another character next time. I really don't. I mean, I am not familiar with a lot of their work, everybody on the new cast list. So I'm I'm ready to be happily surprised. So there we go. I think we've got a lot of newer actors, too, which excites me because... Ed's been wonderful, and I can't think they're going to just cast a pretty face for a pretty face. So I know we do a have of, a lot of new actors, a lot of good, the, ta- good young talent on the IMDb. Uh, a lot of them don't have pictures up. A lot of them have a couple of roles. A lot of them, yeah. you know what I'm saying? These 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 are newcomers to the scene, so it's really cool. And I hope this makes it for them. I yeah. really do. I mean, Tom Hughes, I'm super excited about him. And what yeah. we've seen from oh, yeah. Adele just on the panel, I think she's going to be wonderful. Yeah. I, I mean, I, like if I look at the pictures, like the lady playing Francoise, that's exactly who I pictured. Mm-hmm. Somebody like that. Yep. Pierre as well. Oh, Pierre is yes. perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so perfect. I mean, I looked at these two and I'm like, yeah, Francoise, it, it's just based on the pictures. Yeah. I, I'm fine. Whatever. I, I, I mean, Father Hubbard, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around the idea of him. I pictured him as pale. Pale, pale. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but 
I've gotten past the neckbeard because I checked him out and he played uh, Leonardo da Vinci in the Borgias. Blinded by the neckbeard. Gene. Blinded by the ne- neckbeards are my irrational thing. I just can't do them. It's I like, know, audience. Learn to I know. shave people. You, you should hear her because she goes on. It's like, hey, it's temporary. They make razors. You, it's you and brown shoes all over again. I know. I know. They can take, take the brown shoes off, off. But you still lose your mind. I, say, I still. Well, how dare you even consider it, the brown shoes. <laughs> and I hate, to, I hate to tell you, that's been the style for the last uh, however long that has been since we've gone to Salem. That, that, I know. <laughs> oh, God. I know. They need to bring the black shoes back, damn it. Okay. Uh, no, okay. I mean, brown, brown shoes have their place in the world. The problem being is so many people improperly deploy them. Exactly. There's no okay. proper well, deployment of a neck beard. I'm heading into, yeah, no, there's not. I'm, I'm heading into headquarters in a couple of weeks, so I will see plenty of brown shoes <laughs> with all sorts of color suits. Okay. Like, what are you wearing? You're supposed to wear those with jeans. <laughs> That's going to be the demon Instagram story. <laughs> we could put like a little poll on there. I'll look the tow trucks back. Two more better. <laughs> All right, Stephen, pull us out of this ditch. Okay, here we go. Uh, okay, so that's it. We have it. We have for save it for the show. We don't have anything else, right? Nope. No. All right. So stick with us, audience. I swear, stick with us. Please stick with us. <laughs> and after this break, uh, we'll do last thoughts last and thoughts. things we can uh, let go of. Yay! Yay! This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact, and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discuss- and the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela alive. Yeah, there's a guy on the subway with a tutu on, and you're worried about fucking brunch. <laughs> 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 oh, you want to go on with your last thoughts, Gene? Okay. <laughs> That's not it. Oh, no. Uh, I think that we're going to have a perennial last thought from me, people, so bear with me. Uh, okay. My last thought is to the fandom, don't be a dick. That's Just a good one. Always. Yeah. It's like, leave poor Stephen Cree alone. He he's living with the genetics his parents blessed him with. He's gonna be a great gallo glass. Just give him a chance. He doesn't look bad to me. No, I I, he doesn't. But it's like, oh, he's he's too short. Oh, he's not muscular enough. It's like, uh, yeah, he's plenty muscular. I, apparently, you're not living in households with muscles. He's plenty muscular. Did he put up a video of him working out? Yeah, although was he was it, kind of yes, throwing his weight. He was throwing his weights a little bit. I was a little bit critical of his form, but <laughs> <laughs> I get yelled. I get yelled at. That's why I'm like, uh, dude, quit tossing your shoulder mm. back when you lift like that. You'll get more get more out of it. Mm. I, I mean, there's nothing to complain about. No, I f- I feel like I'm one of the fortunate few that are not attached to gal glass. No, I know. No, it's like I either. never had a dog in that fight either. So I'm, I'm not like, attached to Galaglass, but I am attached to human decency. I mean, these are yes. actual people that you're trying to pick apart and you think just because you're saying it over the internet that it doesn't matter. You don't mean anything by it or no offense, but yes. Oh, look, yes, he, yes, yes. look he's on Twitter. I can let him know I think this. What the fuck? Right. I mean, and the internet has uh, emboldened people. Destroy the inner voice. It really mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. My gosh. Angela, do you have last thoughts, my dear? 
I do have last thoughts um, because we have two giveaways going on right now. One, probably by the time they hear this, will be still going on, which is the real-time read giveaway with the All Souls Discussion Group. Um, but that is my last thought, coupled with five-star reviews, or any reviews, actually. Um, keep me alive. You could be pointed it out, Val. I, I am alive <laughs> when we have a giveaway. I'm alive when we get a review. So um, yeah. if people are so inclined that they like what they hear to give us a review, we'd be happy. And thank you for um, all the we ratings do the, we've been getting lately. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Um, but we do our part too. And we try to do giveaways when we can, but we are coming on to the season of giveaways. <laughs> so these next few months yeah. will probably be a little giveaway heavy. We'll be like, giveaway, giveaway, giveaway. It's time to clean our closets, guys. <laughs> you yep. know, make room for the new stuff. Well, so remember how we were talking about how Gal Glass was with murdering people? That's how you are with the giveaways and the reviews. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Gleeful. No. Gleeful. <laughs> 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 in stereo <laughs> yeah so uh yeah keep angel alive everybody please i want to say tech on to that support your old souls artists yes melia sim and kareen star who runs all souls illustrated and belia sim is just belia sim and she also runs creatures rock give her a follow there's that Yes, leave us reviews. Yes, keep writing in. Okay, I know the beginning of the episode, it sounded like, stop writing us. We can't handle it. No, we can handle <laughs> it. We're just asking you to be patient with our turnaround time. Yes. Yes, please be patient. Also, we've been noticing our, our episodes have been running very long. I mean, when I say long, I mean beyond an hour and a half. So we want to keep it tight. We don't want to waste people's time. If it goes beyond an hour and a half, then I get cringy. Anything between an hour and an hour and a half, I'm fine with. So um, we can, if we can cut the discusser emails on each episode to three, then, you know, we'll fit it in that way. What else? What else? What else do I have? Our giveaways. Uh, if you're a member of the All Souls Discussion Group, you can find that giveaway at visit.demonsdomain.com. A-S or slant A-S-D-G-R-T-R. Make sure you enter it. You have to be a member of the group before you enter it. And hopefully for the rest of you who are not a member of the group, because I don't want to force anybody to join a group that they're not ready to join, we'll probably have another giveaway going on when you hear this because it's giveaway season, just like Angela said. (laughs) (laughs) And what else? No, I think that's it. I think I'm good. I'm very happy right now with what I have. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything else? Nope. Nope. All right. Let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Dina Kiss. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Mm